What's up, you beauties? Welcome to High and Wide Radio, episode one of season five. My name is Jamie Flynn, and I'm joined by Jack Smith. Please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Quick shout out to the affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com, and the Painted Lines. While you're listening to the episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net, where we will be delivering the best Flyers coverage year-round. Jack, it's been a little while since we've been on an episode, and it just so happens to be uh, episode one of our fifth season, the beginning of our fifth season. When we first started this show, did you think that we'd be doing this for going on five years? Not only did I think we'd be doing it for five years, I feel like we'd have two to three cups by now. And, uh, oh my God, things just never been good. I can't, to be honest, the way things have gone, I can't believe we're just still doing it, to be honest with you. It's pretty wild, isn't it? It just gets worse and worse. Like, I remember when we first started, we were like, all right, well, things can't really get that much worse. Like, they're stocking up the cupboards. The kids are starting to come up. Ovechkin won his first cup, I think. It was the first season when we when we started this. And, you know, things were just like, all right, well, you know, by the time we get to season three or four, like, we should be talking about some really fun things. And here we, we are. We signed JVR. <laughs> yeah, remember we were excited for that? Oh, my sure. God. Now we can't wait for that contract to end. <sighs> and it will this year. Uh, thank God. So, yeah. So, we're We've every every year things have just have gotten worse. And I want to say that they hit rock bottom this offseason. I want to say it, but things kind of just keep finding a way to get worse. I mean, we think back to I think it was last year or the year before. When did they sign Sean Couturier to that eight-year contract? Was it was it last offseason? Yeah, it was like last like early August or something. Like it was after they had like acquired Risto. Um, Ellis, all that, all that hoopla. It was after that. So I want to say like very late July or early August or right in that, somewhere in that range. Yeah. And then, you know, they get into the season. Sean Couturier doesn't look like Sean Couturier. And just in case the listeners weren't sure where we were going here, we're, we, we didn't get a chance to really touch on Coots the last couple of weeks. So we're just going to give our two cents. On well, Sean we Couturier. Heard him. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't look right in the beginning of last year, right? He, he just looked slower, kind of looked like he was lumbering a little bit. And uh, Flyers' number one center, you know, he decided to sit out and eventually opt for back surgery. Now, we didn't know. Uh, I mean, it, it, through the media, fans didn't know exactly what's going on. And we, technically, we still don't know what's going on with his back, but we know that he had surgery on it. Right, Jack? And yeah, here we are, uh, basically a year later, getting ready for the 2022-2023 season. Sean Couturier penciled in to be the Flyers' number one center. It comes out, I think it was three days before training camp. Uh, and San Filippo put out an article uh, which explained that Sean Couturier has a herniated disc, and not only will he miss uh, potentially one to three months, but he has potential to miss the entire season. Uh, almost minutes after that was released, Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher came out and said Sean Couturier is week to week uh, with a with a back, upper body injury. He didn't even say back at that point. 
It wasn't until I think later on in the week where he almost admitted Sean Couturier kind of, uh, I think he said he suffered. I don't think he said it was a setback. I think he said it was the same spot or same area. And, you know, they're going to give him a couple weeks to recover. He's week to week. All right. Yesterday comes out. I don't know who the guy was. I can't remember his name. He, he gave him a three to four week timeline, whoever the guy was. I retweeted it. I can't recall his name. I apologize if he listens to this. Take all your credit. Do whatever you want. Uh, sorry for not remembering your name. But he he came out and said, Sean Couturier, three to four weeks should be reevaluated. And that's the timeline. All kinds of stuff flying around, Jack, right? And it's does it give you any – let me ask you this. Do you have any PTSD with all this injury stuff now? Because we heard last year with Ryan Ellis – Lower body injury week to week has never hasn't played a game since, right? Nolan Patrick, we went through that whole dilemma for what seemed like forever. It was two years, I think. You know, week to week's gonna be reevaluated. He's skating, he's not skating, right? And uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody else. But there's been, you know, it, it, you get where I'm coming from with this Sean Couturier thing. Why should why should we believe anything that we're hearing about his injury? Uh, well, let me just get your take on the whole situation. How about that? Go ahead. Well, the first part about PTSD is that implies that we're past something and this is post-stress disorder and we're not past it. <laughs> it. We're right in the thick of it. So anything that comes out, I and I didn't used to be this way. You talked about how we started the pod five years ago, season five, whatever. I didn't feel that way then for sure. Any piece of news that comes out, I automatically think the worst. I expect the worst. It doesn't affect me like it used to. Um so yeah, like that's going to be like a permanent thing until they show me otherwise. So I definitely am always expecting the worst with everybody. I mean, TK just, he's back playing, but when he went down in the first, I was thinking the worst already. Like, how could you not? This is what we've been led to believe. And when you go back to last season and I try not to be too harsh on the, um, you know, you can't help people getting hurt. Like it's not all the uh, health department or whatever the health, uh, uh, the medical staff for that. Um, but like when guys go under the knife three times, when you have Broussard play one game a month for three months and every time somebody comes back, they go right back out. And now you have this guy who signed this mega deal that starts this year. And he's we're, they're already discussing like him not playing again. It's up there. It's, you know, it seems unlikely at this point, but the season's in jeopardy, like already, like, Oh my God, we haven't even gotten there yet. And you know what happened with, um, with Farabee lifting very little weights. Like, like I know, I know he's strong, but like, it's just, it's very odd. Like they, are they really, truly that snake bitten? I guess so. Um, and it's a, it's a real shame. And I think what bothers me the most about Couturier, because if anything we needed this year to be a dumpster fire, that would help because there's no, there's no vision. There's no plan. Like the, the if Couture plays, the best case scenario for this team is a bubble playoff position, which they might not even get. And a lot of that is how good their division is, how good the rest of the league is. But, you know, they just are not there. They got too many kids in the lineup, and even as the people shine, they're still not going to be able to do enough to be anything legitimate. I mean, they have no backup goalie for God's sake. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's going to mean something. Like they really just skip that. You know, and heart being hurt already. Like, come on, man! It's, like, you really thought you were going to get by with that backup goalie? Now you're really looking stupid. Yeah, and it's just the moves they made that make no sense. So it's like they really didn't stand a chance. And I, I'm hoping that 
I, I kind of was hoping if he wasn't, um, if it was just this year and something that can be fixed moving forward. Great. But like when you're this old, you know, it's going to linger. And I think what bothers me the most is a lot of people were not a big fan of the contract when it came out. Not a lot, but there was definitely a crowd of that. And, you know, it's because he was older. And that irks me because I'm just like, I don't know a GM in the world that would not re-sign that guy. When you think about this, uh, what the team did in the offseason, what kind of message would that have sent to, uh, I guess, trade Couturier? I don't, at that point, I don't even know what kind of trade – you would do it with what team, you know, you just did all these moves previously to make your team better after a pretty bad COVID ridden season. And the following of that was pretty good season. You're going to, the guy who's, you know, been criminally underpaid, you're just going to, we're going to walk away. You're going to trade him. And again, I don't, I don't see a trade. How do you trade Couturier and to what team? You don't think if you're trading him for these injury concerns, these other teams don't have these concerns and what, what team can afford a player like that based on what, picks and prospects, well, then you're not getting enough back to show that you're going to go for it. And what do you do a one for one with what a defenseman or something like it just didn't make any sense to trade him, whether he formulating some kind of trade or what do you tell your fan base and the team, the team in their locker room? Like, Oh yeah, we just took one of your, your home, home, uh, uh, home brewed guys who's been here forever. And now we're ready to win. We're really going for it. And we just traded him because we don't want to pay him. We're afraid to pay him. Like it just made no sense. Like you, anybody would have resigned him, and I he got resigned into all of our opinions to a pretty favorable deal. Like we thought eight nine million dollars was in the realm of possibility. So to see you get seven point seven five was like okay, you know, this is what happened was like the five percent chance of something happening. It wasn't his knee. His knee was the issue, not his back. And it things happen. If we sign a guy to a deal and he gets into a car accident and you know is paralyzed or God forbid something like that, is that the Fletcher has done a lot of bad things. A lot of stuff you can make fun of him for easily. This is this contract wasn't one of them. It's just one of those things. And we are snake bitten. It's horrible. But were we really ever in it that this season at all? Like my main concern is Couturier in the future seasons. Like God forbid it's really bad and you have to buy him out or something like that. It you look at those numbers. Oh my God. I think it's like four and a half million for the first three years jumps up to 7 million for two years. It is horrible. Even if you get Bedard in that fraction of percent chance, you can't even build around the guy. All the cap going up, which we just heard about would all go to paying a guy who's not on your team. Like, I don't even know what you do at that point. Like it's just bad all around things happen, but it is what it is. And I'm just hoping that, it's just not as bad as, as we were originally led to believe it is. But at the same time, when I look at the Flyers and everything that happens has happened to them recently with this news, it's like I don't even get mad anymore. I just laugh. Like I laugh so I don't cry. Like it's just it's just more of the same. It's more of the same. A lot of the stuff they can control. They screw up. This is one of those things they can't, but it still happens to them anyway. I agree. So a couple things here. So I'll start off with the contract thing, right? Um, you got to sign Sean Couturier, right? Like the Lane Vigneault, I think at that point, hang on, let me just go back and look at the timeline here. So Elaine Vigneault's first season with the Flyers, I think was 2019, 2020, right? And that was their best year in a long time, but they went on that big 10 game winning streak. Sean Couturier won the Selkie trophy as the best defensive forward in the NHL. Right. 
the next season was a, uh, I think it was a, you know, they played a shortened season again. Couturier scored 41 points in 45 games, almost point per game player, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, he, he was doing his thing offensively. Uh, team wasn't that great. Uh, so if the Flyers were going to have a chance to advance far in the Stanley Cup playoffs and compete for a Stanley Cup, Sean Couturier is a guy that you need on your team. He is critical to, to he was critical to that team's success, right? So if if somebody wants to say, okay, they, they should think about trading Sean Couturier because, you know, he's he's getting older, which he was 28 at the time he signed that con that contract. Um I'm 35. Like I don't consider myself old. 28 is definitely not old, right? So if anybody out there can go, oh, I saw a back injury coming for Sean Couturier. You're you're straight up full of shit. I put the tweet out a, a couple days ago, right? Nobody saw back injury coming for Sean Couturier, right? And you could say, oh, well, he had a lot of miles on him, this and that. He's been in the league. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. This is his uh, 10, 10, 11th year, right? I think it'll be his 12th this year uh, as a 29 year old. So like these are athletes. These are, uh, their bodies are machines. They take care of their bodies. I think he had a, a, a knee injury, right? And he had like an yeah. ACL, MCL or something. And he had, uh, what was the other one? Other one, a shoulder injury. Can't, uh, yeah, but one I was three checks or something. Yeah. The knee is the one that comes to mind the most, I think. Yeah, I mean, like that has nothing to do with his back. So if you want to use that and say, oh, you better watch for Couturier, you could say that for so many players in the NHL. And what happened to Couturier doesn't happen to them. Right? Look at Patrice Bergeron, who went through concussion in injuries or issues. I think he's like 37, 38 now. Yeah. I would I would love to have a Patrice Bergeron on the Flyers right now. So the, he had to sign that deal. They had to sign Sean Couturier. I guess you could have traded him, but that's that's like that's like uh, what's the video game called? NHL, whatever, yeah, NHL. whatever year it is. That's like, oh, Sean Couturier is going to be 28, 29 years old. We got to trade him. Yeah, it's a think joke. Every other GM in the NHL knows that he's 28, 29 years old, has that mileage on him. Because you then you know what's going to happen. They trade him, and then you're bitching about what they got in return. And what, they he was going to be the best player in any trade scenario you were going to come up with. So if you're right. if you're putting Sean Couturier in a Jack Eichel deal, that ain't happening, right. right? Like like it's it's fantasy land. It's fantasy stuff. So if you want to put out these fantasy articles with these fantasy Sean Couturier trades and say I told you so, it's very easy to do in hindsight. Right? You already got a, a fragile locker room, and you're going to move a guy like that. Not saying that he's like brings a locker room together or anything. But, like, a guy who's grown up here as a flyer has been playing since he was pretty much 18, 19 years old mm -hmm. and has been through the good and, and mostly the bad, and it's time for him to get paid after he's been underpaid, and the team just ships him out? Like, like What's the message, what kind man? of message does that send? Why would anybody want to come here? Like, that was just – it would look horrible. Like, the, the fans would be pissed. 
they would not get a good enough return, so they would be double pissed because, like you right, said, they'd get, they'd get prospects or so you know some prospects. low or middle six forward or something. Or if they really like instead of trading for Ellis or Ristolainen or something and tried to make a one for one for a defenseman, I don't, I don't even know what that deal looks like. I don't know what team who's competing does that. You don't move out a defenseman for a center like that and still try to. Like, you just don't do right. it. Like unless some guys like really has issues or really wants out or something. It just doesn't make sense. It's it's it. There was no trade scenario where you were moving him for anything worth his value, and right. you're not going to walk away from the guy. Like, and what team is going to trade picks and prospects to break to? He's not signed, so you got him at a discount because he's your team. Right. You're going to bring him in and sign him to eight million dollars a year. Who has that kind of cap space? It's fair. So are we taking on a dead contract? Like, it no. It does. It made no sense. There was no way they he gets traded. Or they walk away from the guy or play real hardball. Like, here's a two-year deal at whatever. Like, it's just – it was never happening. It's kind of silly to see it being discussed. And uh, get this – all this hindsight 2020 nonsense was like, oh, yeah, I, yeah this shouldn't happen. See, so, yeah, I saw it coming. Right. It's, it's fantasy you, you stuff. It's slow breakdown coming potentially faster than some other people. You did not see this herniated disc – that could throw his whole season off and career coming. Nobody saw that coming. You can push it down our throats all you like, and I'm not buying it. Right. Right. And so here we are. We're, we're in the present now. Couturier is going to – he's going to miss time. We just don't know how much. We have the whole week-to-week thing going on, and I, I'm not holding out hope. I mean, if he's – so here's the benefit of this, I think, right, Jack? Like, if Couturier was going to miss – let's say he's going to miss the season. Isn't this the season that you want him to miss? Yeah, it's what I I kind of alluded to that when mm-hmm. I was trying to get all my thoughts together. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's going to be a season to take it off, it's definitely this season. Ellis isn't playing probably never again. You know, the team, it, I don't know what they did in the offseason. We just know it was a combination of about 15 different thoughts, and this is what we got. And they're they're retooling, they're signing blank checks, and they're – doing everything and actually they're doing nothing. Um, and they're not going to do anything this year that because they, their own division's way too good. They're not good enough. They have too many question marks, too many uh, young kids that need to prove themselves. Like this, this they lost Giroux. They did not say what you will about him in the locker room. On the ice, he was not replaced by any stretch of the imagination. Like there is nothing. You have your issues with him. He produced on the ice. They have nobody to do that now. They have the same roster back. You know, like when you think about who left and who came in, it's all fourth line guys. Going to be harder to play against. I guess the fourth line is going to play half the game. I, I don't know. You know, it, it's it's a season to – and you shouldn't just throw all your kids out there. You don't want to, like, set them in the mindset of losing's okay. we already seen what that's like. It's a, you just want to see what you have. You want to pre- hopefully protect some guys, and I was hoping they have more of a backup goalie for Hart, um, who if in his – wouldn't surprise me if he asked for a, a trade – uh, but yeah, like you have a shot and they didn't trade their first round overall pick. I'm sorry. First round pick in 2023 for this reason, you'd think because they know they're not going to do well. They're not going to finish well. And that draft is loaded, particularly at the top. We all know who I'm talking about. So if that's the case, you might, this is the year to do it. LTIR. If, if it is truly a season ending and yeah, it just helps the cause honestly, because we know even at their fulliest, everything goes right. They're fully healthy. They're a playoff. They're a playoff bubble team at best. So, as discouraging as it is, as as much as we keep hitting these 
new lows, right? With this guy's going to miss time or this guy might never play again. <laughs> like it's, dude, it's literally all bad. We can try to look on the bright side and all this and go, okay, well, this hurts their chances of being good or at least mediocre even more, you know, and, you know, we can still watch. There's, there's plenty of reasons to still watch the Flyers of the season. You're not going to have a lot of fun watching them, but there are reasons to watch Jack. And, you know, it's, we kind of have to roll back any sort of expectation or any sort of hope for excitement. And, and I guess what I'm talking about is, you know, the Flyers have, a new coach in John Tortorella. And I, I think between us, I think we were excited for him. We, I think he's a guy that we wanted here. I mean, Hey, we've been screaming for accountability and, you know, we want the, the group to be stronger. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, minded, strong minded. What's the word we, we keep tossing around? Um, they're, they're weak. They're weak minded. We want them to be tougher. Oh, yeah. Mentally, well, yeah, mentally yeah, tough. So John Tortorella is the perfect coach to bring into this situation for a lot of reasons. And this, this entire organization, I think, needed a John Tortorella. He's going to hold everybody accountable, top to bottom, uh, which is what was needed. So, you know, he's a reason to watch. Obviously, you know, the Flyers are going to be trying a lot of different combinations. Like we mentioned already, Couturier is gone. Ellis, who was, I feel like, never really a thing, never really here, he's missing. So... We're going to be watching Provorov and D'Angelo, right? We know Provorov played very well with a Shane Gossespierre, who is comparable in some ways to Tony D'Angelo. And we know Tony D'Angelo played very well with a Jacob Slavin, who in some ways is comparable to Ivan Provorov style. So interesting to see what that top pair does. You know, we can watch to see if Travis Sanheim and Rasmus Tristelainen can play well together once again. Cam York. Should be on this opening night roster. He'll be paired, I would assume, with Justin Braun. I like that pairing. Uh, old and, and new kind of deal. We'll see how York comes along there. The defense is, you pretty much know what to expect, at least who is going to be on the roster defensively. It's the forward grouping now where we have to kind of piece things together. And we can start with uh, the top line here. We'll just run through because obviously there's still 67 players in camp. They have a game tonight. Uh, do you have an update on the score there by any chance, Jack? I saw two it's, to one last time. Yeah, it's intermission still, according to my, unless my phone froze. The <laughs> same intermission will be right back. Um, I didn't catch much of the first, but it was all Buffalo in the second, that's for sure. Okay. So, you know, the players are fighting for spots. And tonight, I believe uh, Travis Konechny, James Van Riemsdyk, and Morgan Frost were aligned. And we were talking in the group chat, I think, a couple days ago. We were talking about Morgan Frost. I was going to try to put a little article about him out. but I, I, And I'll say it. I couldn't bring myself to write what I was going to write because I didn't truly believe it. You know, I didn't want to pump his tires and say this, you know, all Frost needs is the right opportunity. He needs the chance to play with talented wingers, right, like we saw sort of last year. Uh, at least that's what people want to have you believe that he finished very strong last year. I went back and I went back and looked, Jack. He had eight points in his last seventeen games, which is okay. But when I saw that, I wasn't impressed by eight points in seventeen. I think it was like two goals too. So like two goals, six assists from 
you know, the supposedly playmaking center. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to poo-poo him either. I guess what I'm getting at is let's put Frost with the JVRs, with the Travis Konechnys, because I think those are two players that need a guy like Morgan Frost. And what I hope from a John Tortorella is that he allows Morgan Frost to play his game. I want him to extract the best out of Morgan Frost's game. I don't want him to try to mold him into a two-way forward or, you know, you're playing the game the wrong way. Just play to the best of your ability. This team's going to lack offense. Just go out and create. You know what I mean, Jack? Absolutely. Like, play. Play your game. Torrell's got to let them play their game a little bit, but also he's got he's got some weeding out to do, and I, I know that there's people still that he's they're just not going to work here, and I really hope that he he won't get fired if they play bad. He shouldn't, but um, I'm hoping no matter how the season goes that they can weed that out and we can get back to having an identity, which we've heard so many times. But it is what it is because I'm at this point I'm tired of hearing about it. Like let's just figure something out. I will say this: like I'm trying, to, I was trying this was before the Couturier injury, but I was trying to not be so negative because we I spent so much time over the off season and when you step away from a bit um you know it's like do I really want to feel like this all the time and it's like no I never felt like this you know years ago but um I'm like you know what maybe maybe we'll see the kids if it, 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 watching the um the highlights of the first preseason game it was a little reminiscent of back when they traded Fly, uh Carter and Richards like it was like a new team you know, even even though that team still had like Drew, who was young, still had Pronger, but there was a lot of new faces. It was you know Simmons, uh, Voracek, you know, other names. It was just like I'm seeing all these kids, and I'm just like I've seen them before here and there, but like it really might be their team. You know, outside of like some of the veterans and whatnot, we might see more and more of them. You know, there's going to be injuries, and we're going to see more of the kids we've talked about. And it's like you know Drew's gone, Voracek's gone, and it's like there was a, a, a little smidge of excitement to the unknown and the just some somewhat of a start over and seeing what you had in the kids. I was like, at least there's something there. And then, um, then I heard about the Couturier injury and it was like, it made me roll my eyes. Cause it's just not for this season, but for like the future of Couturier is what I was really worried about, but it was, you know, I'm still going to try to remain positive. I just, there's certain things that I want to see. Um, and that's, um, a lot of L's. No. Uh, I mean, I do want to see them have a legitimate shot at Bedard because you just see it in the league. Like the team, the players that have the teams that have these players are always in the playoffs. And you gotta always be in the playoffs to eventually get it. Like not not very often do teams put it all together and just win the cup. Like they're constantly Colorado, they were in the playoffs like multiple years before they broke through. You know, Toronto is probably going to happen. With, I don't know if they're going to win the cup, but the, they're probably going to break through eventually. Even Ovechkin, it took it into pretty much his entire career. They were always there. They were President's truck, a Cup winning club, but it took them years to break through and win the cup. Like, you have to have these star players, in my opinion. And every now and then there's a Blues team that comes along who, oh, by the way, had Tarasenko and Pichangelo. Like, they, they were still pretty damn good and had pretty damn good players, you know. And um, that's why I really – think we need a shot at getting somebody legit because right now Cutter Gauthier is probably our best prospect and we don't really know all that much he was a quick riser he was top pick he's got he's got a chance at the high-end potential but when's the last time we drafted somebody who hit that probably have to go back to Giroux which was 2006 for God's sake mm -hmm. for sure so let's uh 
so this roster a little bit. So we covered, we, we touched on the top line and, you know, obviously the JBR, Konechny, we know what they are. I, I'm not sure Tortorella is going to be the guy to elevate either one of those guys. I know Konechny scored a goal tonight and I know JBR is on, in, in a contract year. It would be nice if he could show some sign of life and maybe, uh, I don't know, score 15 to 20 goals by the trade deadline. That's March 3rd this year. Flyers fans, mark that on your calendar. This way he pumps up his trade value because there's there's no chance in hell JVR is going to be around. He's not going to be on this team. He's going to be moved at the deadline for something. So it'd be nice to see him pump up his value a little bit there. And, um, hey, people want to see Connect Me revived here, and that's that's all good. That's great. You know, I, I could go either way with Connect Me. I just don't care. I don't care about the guy anymore. I don't know why. You know, if he's good, great. If he's not, whatever. Um, so there's a couple interesting names on this uh, list here, Jack. And uh, I'm looking at the game group for tonight. Just going to read off a couple interesting ones here. You give me your thoughts. So the Cates brothers, Jackson Cates, Noah Cates. I'm just going to say this. Uh, in, in the first, I think it was day two. Uh, in, the, in the scrimmages, you know who really impressed me? It was Noah Cates. I mean, Jackson Cates, we know, is probably going to be on the Flyers roster in some capacity. Noah Cates, though, uh, we're not sure. He may have a spot. He may, there's more of a chance he starts out with the Phantoms. He was on the prospect slash AHL roster in the scrimmage, and, you know, they were getting tuned up, but he looked good. You know, he was locking, at least defensively, he looked very good. Uh, so the, the, I guess the prospect of Jackson Cates and Noah Cates playing together, two brothers playing on the team, you know, you got the Shens again, I guess that's intriguing for me. Like I'm trying to look for <laughs> storylines here that, Oh, that would be cool. Let the brothers play together. Does, does Noah Cates do anything for you? Absolutely. I think he should make the team, but what I've seen so far, you know, even at the end of last season, if there is one person that really stood out at the end of last season for me, it was Noah Cates. And I know I don't put a lot of stock into that because the teams they're playing against aren't exactly trying. But, you know, it's still he's like kept it up in, in training camp. And with the, how weak the roster is, for him to not make it would be kind of silly. Uh, they got injuries galore. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't really matter. But I, I would like to see him be rewarded with a roster spot. I want to see him play. I want to see him be able to stay up here. I, I have like such... Here, I'll see what I have PSD about. Uh, what was that one prospect we had? I can never say his name. And when I finally learned his name, he was gone. Um, um, shit. You know, so he, he was great camp, came up two games. He scored in the second game and then fizzled out. He got sent down and he was like, I don't know. He didn't want to put it in. To, he like snubbed being sent down, even though he played like 12 games, NHL games. And then boom, he's not even in the AHL anymore. I went back to the KHL. Uh, Vorobiev. Vorobiev, remember that? Like, oh, yeah. this guy's standing. I, I just want to make sure he's not like that. I want him to be up here and just play his game and stand out. And um, I, I, I like him a lot more than Jackson Cates, to be honest with you. Like, I see Jackson Cates was like, wasn't he like a college free agent signing where yeah. Noah Cates was drafted, yeah. I believe? And we just, I, like, he, I always heard good reports about him, good things about him for years, you know? So I would really like to see him come up and do something. And I think he's got the higher ceiling. You know, I really, I, I think a lot of people think that, but like, I want players like that because I want them to, to ex exceed in some capacity and be an NHL player and just, you know, make this team better where you can have a bunch of lines of good players. You're not like trudging out one line that's bad. You know, you're not just dealing with it. You're not holding your breath while they're out there. So I, I, him and like Wade Allison, obviously, but most of Wade Allison's issues is just flat out staying healthy. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I hope I'm not jumping the gun here. Are you going to go down the players? Because I was about to rattle off like four names. Yeah, so there's, there's a couple more here I want to bring up. But I think real quick, just to get this out of the way, I should mention the players that are no longer in camp. This way, uh, uh, wow. in, yeah, unfortunately, there were some cuts. Uh, so real quick here, Michael Hutchett and Tyler Savard were released from their amateur tryout contracts. And 2022 seventh round pick Alex Gendron was sent back to Blaineville. Uh, Boys Briand, Boys Briand, I'm sure that's French and I butchered it, of the QMJHL. Uh, so those three were sent back. They're no longer in Flyers camp. And also two defensemen, 2021 sixth round pick Ethan Sampson was sent back to Prince George of the WHL. And 2021 fourth round pick Brian Zanetti was sent back to the Peterborough Peets of the OHL. Uh, should also mention here, uh, Cal O'Reilly has joined the camp on a PTO starting tomorrow, which is Tuesday, September 27th. Today is Monday, right? Or today's Tuesday. Tuesday. All right, so that's today. Cal O'Reilly joined. Man. Uh, all right, so interesting to note, he had 21 goals, 53 points with the Phantoms last season. He's been around. He's, he's played in the NHL. I think he had like 115 NHL games under his belt. Flyers need centers, so... Congratulations to Cal O'Reilly for getting that little PTO. Um, all right, so back to the list here, Jack. So I'm going to throw one. I'm going to throw two names at you, and, and these are the players. I've only been to camp two days uh, out of I think it's been like four or five so far, maybe six. Uh, and and the players that have impressed me the most while I was there, number one, Tony D'Angelo. This guy has one speed. And he moves. He's quick. Always looking for goal as a defenseman. Um, I'm excited to see what he can do. The other guy was Wade Allison. And I almost want to stop myself from saying it. But he looks good. If he can, and I hate even saying this, if he can come into the season, if he can make it to the season healthy and even just play a long stretch of games, this guy... He's got what it takes to, to succeed in the NHL. And just his personality alone, it's infectious. The, the guy is just fun. He's fun to be around. He's fun for the locker room. Um, but I also get the sense that he doesn't take any shit, which you need to have that balance. So uh, two of the guys that have, I've been impressed with so far, Wade Allison and, and Tony D'Angelo. You want to give any thoughts on those guys, Jack? Tony D'Angelo better be good. No, I'm just <laughs> you're not kidding, uh, yeah. though. Yeah, uh, it's what I wanted to hear uh, seriously, and I, it's what I had heard about every time he has the puck. It's like always looking to score, mm-hmm. and you know, for what they're paying him, what he needs to do, and with him being on the top pairing with Provorov, uh, that's what he's going to need to be. I hope he takes the confidence that he gained from last year playing on a very good team and doesn't let that go because that's the only way I think it's going to work here. So yeah. I'm very happy about that. Um, it's still early, obviously, but uh, uh, it, it was our prize acquisition of the offseason, so I'm certainly hoping for the moon. Uh, but Wade Allison, who I kind of mentioned, is the main one. And what scares me about him is and you, the way you described him is like Scott Hartnell and reincarnate. That was yeah, that, that's yeah. a perfect, uh, perfect uh, man. I, why can't I think that? That's uh, a perfect comparison. Comparison. He looks like him a little bit too. He looks like him too, yeah. And um, it's the way he plays. This what scares me because you can't 
ask him to alter his game, but he plays such a crash and bang style. Like he, he's that guy, he's going hundred percent all the time. You see him like after the whistle, go flying into the boards and that's where he gets hurt. It's like, Oh man, I really hope that he can figure this out and not hurt himself. Like I'm not even saying somebody else hits him. I'm saying he hurts himself by the way he plays. And, um, and I love the way he plays. It's just, it's what I'm nervous about. So I really hope that he just finds that like equal medium where he can play his game, maybe draw, pulls it back enough where he doesn't get hurt and it's still very effective. So it's great to hear that he's, you know, back to where, where essentially what we expected him to be last off season before he got hurt. And uh, yeah, the sky's the limit. Looking forward to that. He could be a big part of this team. Just injuries are such a major concern. So it, again, a couple of these guys with this, this quote unquote lost season, Will be, can they stay healthy? And that's definitely what I want to hear. And those are two guys. One's obviously younger that I want to hear it from. Yeah. And, and so that much younger, actually, now that I think about it. Take that back. No, I think they're both uh, around the same age there. I mean, it's it's crazy to think for Allison, right? Because he's, you know, we were expecting him to be here, I guess. I mean, he was around. hurt when he was young, too. Like when he mm-hmm. was in uh, in juniors and whatnot, like, or yeah, in juniors, like when they had drafted him and he was dealing with injuries then, too. I remember he got depressed about it because he just was always injured. That's why even at the pro level, it's not going to get any easier and he's already been hurt. It's, a li- it's very concerning. So I, you see what's there if he can just stay on the ice. Yeah. Uh, another player who, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to sit here and say he stood out in camp. Um, but, you know, he, he gave us a couple media days, a couple media sessions. He came on our show. Um, he's experienced similar to Wade Allison. That's Tanner Lezinski. Um, I'm hoping hoping he makes the team. I think he could play a, a good fourth-line role. He did sign the two-year deal. was drafted in the same draft as, as Allison, 2016. Um, it, it's you know, if there's going to be a time for you to show what you have, this is the year. And if, you know, if, if I feel like a player like Tanner Lazinski and even, you know, Wade Allison to an extent, even though I think Allison's a little bit more skilled player, the way that Lazinski plays his game, he, John Tortorella is the perfect coach to have, to be on your side, because he, he's, he, I think he's a John Tortorella type player where he's going to do all the defensive things right. And given the opportunity, he can put, you know, he can create and put the puck in the net, which I think is what you kind of want from your fourth line. Get the job done, and, you know, anything else is a bonus. If you could put the puck in the net, if you can cycle the puck in the offensive zone for a minute, minute and a half to give the, you know, to give the top lines a break, outstanding. If you can just prevent the other team from scoring a goal while you're out there, that's like the minimum, right? I think Lazinski can be one of those guys, and I think he can be very serviceable. So I'm looking forward. I'm hoping. I'm hoping because, like I said, he didn't really, hasn't really stood out to me in camp in a positive or negative way. Hoping that he can make the roster and, and finally prove, um, finally show everybody what he can do at the NHL level. Lanner Twazinski. Yeah, I think we even named an episode after him a couple years ago. Yes, we did. The Lannister. <laughs> if he's any good, he's going to be the Lannister, and I'll be the only person calling him that. There you go. Um, I want him to be what they wanted Scott Hartnell to be when they sent him back down to, uh, I guess it was like Lehigh Valley at the time, maybe Adirondack. Um, you know, when they, they, they sent him, you're going to be our fourth-line center. You're going to be this defensive center. And obviously Lawton's succeeded, uh, preceded that by far, but like if he can be what they wanted him to be, like that'll be great. That'll be everything you just described. Again, he's, he's another one with the health. You yeah. know, and it's it's like you gotta prove you can you can be here and then we can find out if you can play. And some of these guys are you know running out of time where I think Allison 
his play definitely bought himself some time. Lannister, I'm not so sure. Uh, <laughs> I hope so. You know, no, I mean, it's tough to disagree. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of guys being signed for the, those bottom lines and drafted, signed, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, yeah, yeah, that was like the 2016 draft. I'm not 100 percent sure. Like yeah, it was a long time ago. And it's like you're gonna have to make room for prospects. You're gonna have to make room for these these uh, fourth line players on four year deals because they're not going anywhere. And I know that's not the same position, but you're gonna have to move pieces around. And uh, I just hope this is it's a bigger year for him than it is Allison, in my opinion, because I think Allison's well, he's got they both got two year deals, I believe. But I think Allison's ceiling is so much higher that a guy like the Lannister is just more just more replaceable. He's more repl- entry level replaceable kind of player. So I yes. really hope that he can stay healthy, make the team, make an impact and not in, is hang around, you know, hang around for a while. We're going to have injuries, hopefully not with him or anybody we discussed before, but um, it should be interesting. It's definitely somebody I got my eye on. Uh, and that's what this season's all about. Yep. Yeah. That's what it is. It's basically a, an 82 game audition as, as much as that sucks for fans who, who want to watch the Flyers and they want to watch them win, which is basically everybody, that's that's what I mean when when I say you know taper back your expectations here because if you're if you're watching the Flyers because you want them to go 82 and 0 like I usually like I do every year, you're going to be you're in for a long long season of disappointment. Um, it's it's an evaluation year of basically the entire organization. You know if. You know, 67 guys in, in camp, uh, you know, a week from when it started. They're looking at everybody. You know, they're calling guys off the street just because they live local. They're they're in camp, you know. Um, so, so yeah, they want to make sure that they're getting a look at everybody. They're going to have 82 games to look at guys like Tanner Lazinski, Hayden Hodgson, uh, Adam Ginnings here now. I'm not sure if he's going to get up on the NHL roster, but you know those those kind of guys who have been in the system for a long time haven't really done anything while they're here, right? Six years for for Lazinski and Allison uh, Ginning is going on four years. Drafted in 2018, Ali Lixel drafted in 2017, who looks good in camp again. It's, can he translate it to the NHL level? We'll see. Jack, you said you had some names in mind. Who do you have? Um. Well, we talked about a good chunk of them and then the people that were being injured, but we haven't talked about Forrester. He's another one. Hey, he just, that shot comes out of nowhere sometimes. And I saw him try to split the D and all of a sudden he was like horizontal, but he got the shot off, you know, and I I like that. And he's another one that's damn boards. He's going to get hurt, but like he might be one of the team's most talented players when it comes to offensive skill. And I really would like to see him make the team some capacity. I don't think it'll happen, but hopefully he gets called up. Hopefully they, I just have to, they have to utilize that shot. I want high end talent and he's got something of a chance of having some, I'm not saying he'll be a high end talent player, you know, throughout, but if his shots there, maybe he can develop something and maybe, maybe you have like a little Jeff Skinner on your hands or so, I don't know, something of that nature. And uh, that, that can go, that can go away. That can go away. And uh, you just want players like that who can just find it from wherever they're at. They can just put the puck in the net because we haven't had that in years and i would i would just like to see him get some more playing time and stay healthy and um yeah and just do some damage i i I think you know how i feel about this guy already like when when they drafted him i think we were we were pretty excited dude this i noticed back in development camp this kid 
looked like he put in the work. I think that, you know, if people are paying attention to camp and, you know, if they're able to watch the games and, and whatnot, I don't think he's playing tonight. This kid's in for a good season. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. I put out a tweet and I think people took it as he's definitely making the flyers and he's going to score 40 goals. No, that's not what I meant. Wherever he plays, he's going to have a good year. Uh, I don't think there's enough room for him on the flyers right now, barring injury, God forbid. Uh, I think if there was a spot for him on the third line, he could potentially, he could potentially play there. Um, but you got Owen Tippett, you got, uh, Wade Allison, you got Jackson Cates, who could all be potentially playing on the third line. Um, I just don't think there's room for him and, and there's not really any reason to rush him. You know, uh, I'm going to keep coming back to that. Like, let, let him learn a little bit more in the AHL. Let, let's see, you know, okay. Did he really build up physically? Is he really ready to play in the pros in the AHL? And then if he's blowing the doors off, yeah, bring him up. You have to, I, that's what I love most when players don't give you a choice, but to call them up, you know, like, like Claude Giroux was, uh, I know Claude Drew is a different type of player. He's the last star the Flyers have drafted in the last however many years. But he gave the Flyers no choice, right, to, to call him up. And that's what I like. That's when you know a player's ready, when he's blowing the doors off. And there's not really a spot open for him. It's like, well, now you got to make one because there's nothing more that I can do in the NHL. And I'm, I'm bursting here. I'm ready to go. We'll see if he can do that this year. I think if he plays with the Phantoms, I think that he could score, you know, 30-plus goals with the Phantoms. Just real quick here, because we were talking about Noah Cates earlier. Just in case people thought that I was full of shit about Noah Cates, really, you know, locking on to people defensively in camp, Jordan Hall puts out a tweet here. Noah Cates really showing Flyers' new coaching staff his ability to kill penalty. Uh, smart, uh, smart's an effort. Yeah, I mean, that's what they need. And, and Jack, if you if that's the kind of player you are, not necessarily the most skilled, but you're going to work your ass off. This is the perfect coach to be that kind of player. So Noah Cates really might, he might have a spot on the roster, like you were saying. That's well, there's one more thing you said in there that I really liked. Obviously, Torrell is going to know as a guy who works his tail off, plays the game right. Another thing this team needs is high hockey IQ guys. Like I would love to have more guys who know what to do with the puck on the ice in certain areas because we we've seen for years a lot of just get get rid of it the, the, the robert hag just dump it it doesn't matter where you're at they're too close dump it you know and, and just get rid of it and a lot of times it gets picked off i see i saw that happen a couple times tonight actually i think it was McEwen just up and just and it's picked off and you know but like a guy who knows where to be what to do where he's not screening his goalie he's not hurting somebody else and where they're supposed to be, he's not in the wrong defensive position. You know, he's where he's supposed to be. He knows what to do with the puck and he's calm about it. Like he doesn't freak out when he has it and just pulls the trigger. Like those kind of players, like that's hockey IQ can be very underrated. And with all the mistakes that we've seen over the last years, like what we think are little things that snowball into big things, something like that, it settles the team down, settles the game down. And uh, it just, it makes simple plays not develop into mistakes that put points on the board for the other team. And I think that goes a long way. I think that's why he would be on a penalty kill and, and things of that nature. And with you add in his hustle and his desire and you might have something there. And I, I would really, really be uh, happy to see that. Yeah. 
for sure. Um, all right. So, man, where did my list go here? Sorry. All right, here we go. Um, or maybe not. Well, you, you mentioned uh, Owen Tippett. And oh, yeah. He's, yeah. A, he's definitely a guy that we need. We just need something out of. This is the guy you, you got back for Drew, essentially. Nobody's really expecting much of a 2024 first from Florida. Um, and we all know that why we got so little. But listen, this guy was a top 10 pick in the same draft 2017, you know, the Nolan Patrick draft, but also the Kale McCarr draft. So, like, he was highly picked for, again, his shot. And if he can find a way to utilize that and make Florida regret trading him, uh, that would, again, go a very long way. And he's just a guy I'm looking to see produce. He's a guy I'm looking to maybe get a chemistry with somebody like Morgan Frost or somebody of that nature. Um, and maybe be a, a shooter on a line with maybe a guy like Allison who creates some space and he's open for that shot. I mean, him, him, Allison and Morgan Frost, they, the way they all three of them play, it makes outside of them all being young, you like to mix in some vets, but their playing styles all make a lot of sense. If, if Allison is crashing and banging and making things happen and Frost is the playmaking, you know, passer and he's the sniper. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. So I would love to see them gel and him get going and gain some confidence because it seems like he'll take the shot, but from too far out. And if you're doing that, I think you just you don't trust your ability to get that shot off in close where it counts. And if he can start doing that, I think you'll start seeing more goals, which has been his his problem up to this point. Uh, you know, like I said, top ten pick, but already moved on from the team that drafted him, and that team's mm -hmm. very good. So um, hopefully, hopefully they can find something there. Hopefully he can gain some confidence, and pot some goals, and. We'll have gotten something from the Drew trade. That would be nice. <laughs> All right. Like if you could just even, even if they had a roster, because you, I look at it and I'm like, eh, this guy's got 20 goal potential. This guy's got 20 goal potential. Um, if, if that could somehow happen, that would be nice. I think the unfortunate thing is they're a little bit short at center once again. So the likelihood of having, I don't know, five, six, 20 goal scores. I don't, I don't think it's very likely, unfortunately. But yeah, Tippett has the potential. He's got the shot. Supposedly, that was his number one thing all offseason was uh, becoming, I think he was trying to hide his shot more, becoming more deceptive with his shot. We'll see. We'll see if um, how that worked. We'll see if that panned out. I wasn't, when I hear that about an NHL player, because he's not a prospect anymore, he's an mm. NHL player, I, I don't. I'm like, he, he, he has to hide his shot. Like, how is he going to, how is he going to do that? How is he going to hide his shot? Like, how is he going to get better at how he shoots? He's been shooting one way his entire life. Now you're telling him he's got to hide his shot. I, I don't know. For whatever reason, it doesn't do anything for me. I don't get excited. Oh, all he's got to do is hide his shot. And we got a 30 goal score on our hands here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And it's, I don't know what he means by that, but the way I'm, if I'm being, uh, optimistic is it helps him essentially get in close before they like really, and I'm not saying he's got an open lane, but I'm saying like maybe he's, you know, gets the puck and, Oh, there's a fight breaking out. Sorry. It looked, looked pretty rough there for a second. Gloves and sticks just went everywhere and uh, the referees just jumped on him. So I'll let you know what happened in a second. But um, yeah, like if he's, he must be telegraphing exactly what he's going to do too far out and they must just be closing in on him and taking away any space and 
shooting lanes he has, which is just limiting anything he, he's got going on. And obviously we know in juniors and whatnot, there's all so much more space. So if he can just not telegraph exactly what he's going to do, maybe he can be more deceptive, get a little bit closer. And then he's in his, then he finds himself where he's comfortable where he's got shooting lanes and he can just, then it's just him and the goalie at that point. And then if he's as good as he's supposed to be, uh, then maybe we'll start seeing points on the board. So I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. These guys obviously know more of what's going on with their game than we do. Um, so, you know, it's, he's a big change being traded. Um, but yeah, he's being a guy we'd be looking to see step up. And if we're hoping on some of these kids that we have currently and not the ones we don't have yet, um, then yeah, that would go a long way. Yeah, for sure. So we're uh, in preseason game number two. They play again tomorrow night at home versus is it Buffalo or the Bruins tomorrow night? You know, uh, we should probably I, know. I, I would assume the Bruins because I feel like they're, I don't know if they're doing back to backs. So playing Buffalo right now, but I really don't know. I didn't look. Uh, I'll double check real quick. I should have already known that before I brought it up. So that's my bad. They do indeed play the Washington Capitals tomorrow night. So we were close. Old option C. Uh, yeah, old option C. So, uh, yeah, look, uh, look forward to that one. Uh, I mean, you know, we're in preseason. We're in, we're in camp mode. Uh, the regular season's a couple weeks away. Like we said, there's still 67 guys on the camp roster. We'll be reducing that, I would assume, by Friday. Um, so, Jack, if, if there's nothing else, why don't we tell the listeners what we kind of have in store for them uh, this season? Was, was there anything else you wanted to bring up here before we did that? Um, I guess the only other prospect I'd like to see come up, and I don't even know how realistic it is. This is kind of like my dark horse, but just how bad the goaltending situation is behind Carter Hart. If Samuel Urson could like make a name, and obviously I'd like to see Sandstrom uh, succeed being as young as he is. I just, what I've seen so far, it's hard to believe. And the organization has been higher on Urson the last couple of years. Anyway, if he could take the ball and run with it and find himself in a position to back up Hart or, you know, whatever gets him to the NHL, uh, that would be really nice because we've had so many guys just fail or just be very replaceable that if um, a position of need right now uh, would definitely be the backup goalie. And if he could, he, he would it'd be a huge step forward and ahead of schedule, in my opinion, with some of the injuries he's dealt with, if he could find himself uh, trying to help out this year and get a cup of coffee with the, with the, the big club, uh, again, I don't know how realistic that is, but uh, he's just a name that's in his goalie. So they've been around for a while, but I would really like to see up here and and see why the organization put him ahead of everybody but Hart uh, for a while um, and just see what he's about. Just another young guy who can, whether you trade him at some point and bring in more talent or if he is your backup or whatever, mm-hmm. I would like to see uh, just another guy um, succeed. Yep. And that's going to be something to watch for sure. Um, yeah. So what do you think, Jack? Should, should we, should we, uh, should we reveal what our plans are for the regular season now? Or should we make the listeners wait a little bit longer? I don't know. It's a good question. You put me on the spot with that. I'm leaning towards weight. Okay. But then again, we'll now yeah, I'm saying, wait, I'm saying, wait, we'll tease it a little bit. We got, we have some plans for this season. We're going to have some fun. Um, not because of the flyers. Uh, but we're <laughs> yeah, we're gonna sure. we're gonna make things fun for for you guys. We're gonna well, do something say, different. Let's just say that we did something in the off season 
that um, we really much, we really very much enjoyed. Yeah. And I it, uh, I would like to do it again and have, have this not be so uh, formatic, if that's a word, you know, where you talk, I talk, we, you know, uh, I don't want to give it too much away, but I do like interaction. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for sure. We're looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, we're, we're good. I mean, we had to do something different this year because it's going to be, it's going to be bleak, you know? So looking forward to that, looking forward to the, to the regular season. Uh, obviously we mentioned Flyers play tomorrow night. Um, we're going to try to record on Sunday. We, we've kind of pegged Sunday as our new recording day. Uh, if not, then you'll hear us. You'll hear from us back again uh, during the week when the Flyers don't play. Uh, we're getting it figured out. We, we, you know, we have stuff going on in our lives. We just finished up school. Jack's, uh, you know, working late some nights and, uh, you know, Kyle got a new job. So we're going to get back on schedule for you guys. We're going to get our, our things together here and uh, we'll let you know when you can listen to us. Uh, this way you can expect us for the regular season. What else did I miss Jack? Anything? I mean, it's still preseason, so it couldn't be too much. Yeah. We got to work uh, we on talk about a, a Misimov. Oh my God. Is there anything? <laughs> is he playing tonight? I haven't seen him. If he is, I'm not yeah. sure what number. He was. I thought he wound up on the injured list too at some point. I, I think know. he actually may have. I think yeah. he did. He's day to day with Hart and Atkinson, actually. Yeah. So he who played. the hell knows? Hart. Um, so wow. he put him up in the league. It was though. only ten years ago, huh? Holding out hope there. Uh, who cares this year, really? <laughs> Hold on. I hope we can trade him for something. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for tuning in to uh, episode one of season five. We made it. Our fifth year. Maybe we'll do something special for ourselves, Jack. Maybe we'll go out and just drink our sorrows away this season at some point. So, um, so for Jack, I'm we'll medicate. What's that? I said, yeah, maybe we'll treat ourselves and self-medicate. Yeah, I think we're going to need to do a lot of that. <laughs> that's going to do it for the episode, boys and girls. Thank you once again for hanging out with us. As always, as I mentioned, next time you will catch us, we'll be – Sunday, uh, Kyle will be there, we hope. So make sure you are drinking your green stuff or your alcohol, whatever gets you through the day these days. Take your vitamins, enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll see you next time. Peace.